0: Hare Krishna devotees, Dandavat Pranam, all glory to Srila Prabhupada and Guru Maharaj. Uh, today we are so fortunate to have His Grace. Sorry. Jai Shri Mataji from New Vrindavan. Uh, today Mat- Mataji will enlighten us on, on Srimad Bhagavatam uh, 5.3.15. Hare Krishna Mataji, please take over the call.
1: Hare Krishna, good morning. When you said His Grace, I thought maybe I had made a mistake somewhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not a Grace, sorry, Mataji.
1: Yeah, no, that's okay. I thought, well, I thought this was Baltimore class, not North Carolina. I'm supposed to be doing <laughs> Okay, good. At least I'm on the right call. All right, good morning, everyone. Hare Krishna. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. All glories to Guru Garanga. Thank you for your wonderful association and devotional activities. So we're reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam 5, 3, 15, and we'll start. (laughs)
2: I am ya ya
1: Paramahansa Parvajaka Chariyastra Terasvata His Divine Grace Asi Bhaktivedanta Swami Śrīla Prabhupāda Ki Jai Om Vishnu Pad Paramahansa Parvajaka Chariyastra Terasvata His Divine Grace Śrīla Bhakti Siddhānta Sarasvati Thakur Śrīla Prabhupāda Jai Ananti Koytabhāyśna Jai Namacharya Śrīla Haridās Thakur Ki jaya. Prem Shukoha Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhani Chananda Sri Shiva Siddhi Gaur Bhaktiviniki Jai Shri Shivadakrishna Gogopinath Shamakundi Radha Kundigiri Gopradam Ki Jai Shri Vrindavan go, Dam Ki Jai Navadvip Dam um, Ki Ki Jai Angamaya Ki Jai Jamuna Maya Ki jai. Bhakti Devi Ki Jai Shri Mati Tulsi Devi Ki Jai Sama Veda Bhaktiviniki Jai All glories to be a sama, All glories to be Devotees All Glories to assembled Devotees, All Glories to Shri Gurun Sri Granga, Glories to Shrata Prabhupada. (coughs) Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So we are reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam. Canto
0: 5, Chapter 3, Text Number 15.
1: Do we have the Sanskrit scholar
0: on the class? Yes, Mataji. Yadhu Vav Tav Punar Abadr Kartaha Iha Samahutas yeah. Tatart Diam Mandanam Nas Tad Yad Devaha helanam Deva Devar Hasi Samyin Sarvan Prativo Prativo dhum avidusham. Hare Krishna.
1: Wow, thank you very much. Sanskrit is it's so beautiful and such a higher language. So synonyms are yat because guha vava, indeed, tava your punaha, again, abd. Adra Karta O oh Lord who perform many activities Iha here in the arena of sacrifice Samatha, invited Tatra therefore <coughs> Artha Diam who aspire to fulfill material desires Mandanam not very intelligent na of us tat that yat which Deva Hilananam, disrespect of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Deva Deva, Lord of the Lords. Arhasi, please. Samyena, because of your equal post position. Sarvan, everything. Prativodram, tolerate. Avidu, some of us who are all ignorant translation. Oh Lord, you perform many wonderful activities. Our only aim was to acquire a son by performing this great sacrifice. Therefore, our intelligence is not very sharp. We are not experienced in ascertaining life's school. By inviting you to this negligible sacrifice for some material motive, we have certainly committed a great offense at your lotus feet. Therefore, O Lord of Lords, please excuse our offense because of your causeless mercy and equal mind. Purport by His Divine Grace, Shiva Prabhupada. The priests were certainly unhappy to have called the Supreme Lord from Vaikuntha for such an insignificant reason. A pure devotee never wants to see the Lord unnecessarily. The Lord is engaged in various activities and the pure devotee does not want to see him whimsically for his own sense gratification. The pure devotee simply depends on the Lord's mercy. And when the Lord is pleased, he can see him face to face. The Lord is unseen even by demigods like Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva. By calling on the Supreme Lord, the priests of Nabi Maharaj proved themselves unintelligent. Nonetheless, the Lord came out of his causeless mercy. All of them, therefore, wanted to be excused by the Lord. Worship of the Supreme Lord for material gain is not approved by authorities, as stated in the Bhagavad Gita 7.16. O oh, best among the bards, Arjuna, four kinds of pious men render devotional service unto me. The distressed, the desire of wealth, the inquisitive, and he who is searching for knowledge of the absolute. Initiation into bhakti begins when one is in a distressed condition, or in want of money, or when one is inquisitive to understand the absolute truth. Nonetheless, people who approach the Supreme Lord in this way are not actually devotees. They are accepted as pious, Sukrutina, due to their acquiring, inquiring about the Supreme Truth. The absolute personality of Godhead, not knowing the various activities and engagements of the Lord such people unnecessarily disturb the Lord for material gain. However, the Lord is so kind that even though disturbed, he fulfills the di- desires of such beggars. The pure devotee is Anamakshita Surya. He has no motive behind his worship. He is not conducted by the influence of Maya in the form of karma or gana. The pure devotee is always prepared to execute the order of the Lord without personal consideration. The priests at the sacrifice knew very well the distinction between karma and bhakti. And because they considered themselves under the influence of karma, fruit of activities, they begged the Lord's pardon. They knew that the Lord had been invited to to come to some paltry, for some paltry reason. Svanamā Aum, Krishna, Prasaya Bhūtale, Śrīmatī bhaktivedanta, Swamaniti niti Nāmāni, Namaste, Sarasvati, Devi, Gaurvāṇī Pachārāṇī, Nivisei, Sassinibadī, Vrshinitādaya, Timrandasya Gananjana salakaya chaksura milita tasmai sri gura vei We're born in the darkness of ignorance, but our spiritual master is kindly opening our eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. So we offer our respectful obeisances unto the lotus feet of such a spiritual master. Vandeham Sri Guru Sri Chitta Padakamalam Sri Guru Vaishnavam Sri Ripam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghana Dham Tam Sajivam Sadayatam Savadhu Tam Saitam Sri Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishaka Snitam Shtai I offer my respectful obeisances under the lotus feet of my spiritual master And unto the feet of all the Vaishnavas, I offer my respectful obeisances unto the lotus feet of Srila Rupa Goswami, along with his elder brother, Sanatana Goswami, as well as Raghunath Das and Raghunath Bhatta, Gopal Bhatta, Jiva Goswami. I offer my respectful obeisances to Lord Sri Krishna Chaitanya, Lord Nityananda, along with the Doita Charyagadattar Srivas and other associates. I offer my respectful obeisances to Sri Radharani and Sri Krishna along with their associates Lavita and Vishakha. So. so I would request everyone to please mute themselves Um, Otherwise, we get all kinds of interference in helping. Thank you so much. So, we see that these priests have done the sacrifice for the king. And it's simply to get a son. So, realize they've called the Supreme Personality of Godhead for, as Prabhupada says, a paltry reason. They're feeling ashamed and unhappy that they have acted on this lower platform. So we see that Prabhupada has many times used the phrase order supplier, that the Lord is not our order supplier and that the purpose of prayer and of religion and rituals isn't to demand something from the Lord. It's actually, we never see this in the life of a pure devotee. Prabhupada himself, you see in his prayers and in the prayers of all these other great souls, they're not asking the Lord for anything for themselves oh please give me health please give me a house please give me a good wife please make my business successful they're asking absolutely nothing they're only acting on a platform almost in a conversation with the Lord how how they can please him Thakur presents himself as the lowest man just telling the Lord oh, I've been such a rascal, I'm so foolish, I deserve so much punishment, you know, in his saranagati and his other prayers, just never asking for anything material. See that Srila Prabhupada, he wasn't into all this rituals. I mean, after all, Srila Prabhupada, when he came, came with absolutely nothing. He had his books. He had, of course, his knowledge. But he didn't come with a whole barrage of things. You know, the proper achman cup and the right bell and the uh, mudras and tantras and yantras. And he came with the holy name. Prabhupada came with simply the holy name. And no facility to even spread that holy name. It's quite amazing. And throughout Prabhupada's time with us, you'll never see that he was super into the ritualistic performance of these sacrifices. He never taught us mantras and tantras, and the deity worship was so simple. I mean, we really didn't even know well, first of all, we didn't have deities in the beginning. We had pictures of Gornitai. Basically, not much. We didn't have instruments. We used jingle bells and sticks that we hit together, or spoons, or maracas, or those clackers that the Spanish people use. There were no cartels or madungas. So we see with absolutely no ritualistic paraphernalia, Srila Prabhupada infused a whole world with the highest level of devotion. It's actually, it's amazing. He was here to give devotion, not rituals. And we see in the videos of Prabhupada and Krishna Balaram and the, the temple in Vrindavan was open he had yes he had the Vrindavan um, Brahmins come and they were doing all the mantras and tantrances and Prabhupada sitting there you watch him he's just sitting there almost not super involved certainly not super involved in all the mantras he's sitting there chanting on his beads. Right? So by his own example we see how valuable the chanting is. It's not it's not really the temples and all the paraphernalia that we've acquired within ISKCON. The most important part of this is the devotion. Right? There's so many great devotees that that showed by their example. They all, almost all showed by their example. They didn't have big temples. They sat in the field. They sat under a tree. They sat in Vrindavan and chanted. Their deity was the holy name. And of course, Lord Chaitanya had instructed his Goswamis to reestablish the holy places of pilgrimage in, in Vrindavan and because of that, there are so many temples were built, The deities were found, right? Radha Dhamma, Radha Mohan, um, Govindaji. These deities were found by the Goswamis, and there were temples built, but in most cases, we don't see that the the Goswami, like Rupa Goswami, when he found his, his istadev, the Govindadev, He didn't start commanding uh, someone to build a big temple. He actually built a temple himself out of straw and mud from Vrindavan. And uh, his his instructions were to write and to propagate this Krishna consciousness through literature. And so that's what he did. And he worshipped his deity of, this is the Govinda deity, the famous Jaipur Govinda deity, he worshipped him in a little straw mud temple that he built. And a little while later, someone else built a little bit bigger temple for him. So he wasn't performing all these rituals. I mean, the rituals have their place for sure, but the mentality... Often, for those performing these elaborate rituals, is some type of material gain. So we see in the story, I just wanted to go into the story a little bit of Govinda Govindadev. So we see in the story of Govindaji that there was a, a Hindu who was a soldier. He was a good friend of the Muslim... Muslim King Akbar and Akbar was a pious Muslim and he had uh, a friend who is a childhood friend of his and that was um, I'm sorry I'm looking for it I have all this stuff here all right what was his name Well, I seem to have lost it anyway. here he is okay so this this particular pious Hindu was a friend of the king, and he was one of his top soldiers. His name was Man Singh, and he would he won so many medals for this uh Muslim king, but they were such good friends. And so one time when he was going off to conquer on behalf of the Muslim ruler, Akbar, he stopped in Mamathura, and he went to the Govindaji Temple. And he was so impressed at this little temple that had been built. So, but But he was so touched and so impressed and so... And enamored by Govinda Dave that he promised him if you help me win this battle I will build you a big temple. And after he left there he also went to get the blessings of Rupa Goswami who of course was living in a tree, you know, under a tree and doing his writing. So um, Man Singh went off and he was successful. He was victorious. He went back to the king Akbar and he told him I've made this promise to the Deity and to Rupa Goswami. So Akbar, being such a pious king, he gave him all facility and so many hectares of land to build this temple. So he went back. Uh, Mun Singh went back to Rupa Goswami and said, so I have come to keep my promise to build Deva a big temple. And... What did Rupa Goswami say? He he replied. He said, Sir, there is no need to construct a large temple. Sri Govinda Dev likes the nature of Vrindavan. (laughs) So, that, that shows the importance from the great souls, the great devotees, the importance of all this other paraphernalia that Oh, Govindadeva, he likes the nature of Vrindavan. In other words, he wasn't really concerned that a big temple be built with all kinds of ritual and sacrifice. But then after speaking with Man Singh a little further and understanding how it would benefit so many people if he built a temple, then he agreed. And that is where the beautiful temple of Govindadev was built in Vrindavan. It was built by, with the money of Akbar, the great Muslim king, and it was built by the soldier, Hindu, um, who had made a promise. And then we see, actually, Rupa Goswami had so many wonderful festivals. Um, He had 500 cows. Anyway, he used so many things to engage other people in the service of the Lord. And that's what all of the ritual and fanfare is for. It's not to, to do sacrifice to gain something material. It's to please Krishna to engage so many other people in his service. Quite interesting, actually. So, in the Madhya Leela Prabhupada is saying, when I become the order supplier of God, that is my perfection. So long as I keep God as my order supplier, that is not bhakti. Generally, people keep God as their order supplier. Oh, I am in such difficulty. Oh, God, I am. God supplies them. God is supplying. So (laughs) it's not that God, that that connection, right? We see in the Bhagavad Gita there's different types of men that come to God. Those in distress, those in knowledge, and Krishna... Krishna reciprocates with them. But that's not love. And that's not devotion. So that's the beginning our connecting with Krishna. Connecting the people of the world with Krishna. They're all in distress. How could they not be? Look at the times. Look at the difficulties. One's body is always giving one trouble. Especially when you get older. Believe me, from my own experience, Old age is, together with birth, death, and disease, because it is a challenging time. So while one is young, definitely develop as much devotional um, points as you can, because old age is uh, there's, there's so many distresses. So. All of these wonderful temples, all of these wonderful festivals, they're to please Krishna and to include the world of people in this uh, devotional activities. Unfortunately, so many people are so, so uneducated in spirituality. Maybe they go to church on Christmas. Maybe they go to church on Easter, you know. My family, my father, they would only go to church on Easter and Christmas. And that's good. But then when one goes, one is always just asking God for something. The the idea that we should be the order supplier of God doesn't cross their mind because they've never heard it. Giving tours at the palace, um, one thing that I do regularly is when we get to the changing bodies, talk to people. You're not this body. The animals, they're not their body also. And when one understands that the soul is inhabiting different bodies in different circumstances, we lose our racial discrimination. And we also see all living entities like the animals as being part and parcel or actual brothers of ours. And then we see because of Prabhupada's preaching and book distribution that the face of things has changed. There are groups like vegan outreach, like PETA, that are totally into protecting the animals, Uh, farm sanctuary, farm... um, There's all kinds of farm activists against uh, factory farms and such. And this is because they've understood by hearing that these living entities are also people. They have their family, they have their feelings, they have their fears. They don't want to be killed and eaten. And it's not our right to do what's being done. So they change. So these people are just starting out and the more we're able to give them okay, you're not your body, God's not your order supplier, what can you do for God? What is it, uh, what's his name, Kennedy said, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. That was a famous thing that he said. So here Krishna and his devotees, Krishna's devotees are saying, ask not what Krishna can do for you, ask what you can do for Krishna. This is devotion. And we're just starting off. Right? We have, we have a facility to change our mentality and go forward with a little taste of devotion. So in the Krishna book, Delivering the Wives of the Brahmins Who Performed Sacrifice, Prabhupada has written, that the Brahmins, the the husbands of these wives, they were performing all these big sacrifices. Um, Who knows what their motive was? Certainly wasn't to please the Supreme Personality of Godhead. They had all the rituals down. They were so active. And Krishna and Balaram sent their friends to ask for some food, something. And here Prabhupada says they could not even appreciate the begging of the Supreme Lord, Krishna and Balaram. Although they heard all the arguments on behalf of Krishna and Balaram, they could not care for them. And they refused to speak to the boys. Despite being highly elevated in knowledge of Vedic sacrifice rites, all such non-devotee Brahmins, although they think of themselves as very highly elevated, are ignorant, foolish persons. All of their activities are childish because they do not know the purpose of the Vedas. So what happened after that? Krishna asked the boys to go again, but this time to the wives of those Brahmins engaged in the sacrifice. These are Prabhupada's words, by the way, not mine. I could never speak so eloquently. He also informed them that the wives were great devotees. They are always absorbed in thinking of us. Go and ask for some food in my name and in the name of Balaram, and I'm sure that they will deliver you as much food as you desire. So, immediately upon hearing this, the wives of the Brahmins became anxious for Krishna and Balaram. These reactions were spontaneous. They did not have to be convinced <coughs> of the importance of Krishna and Balaram. Immediately upon hearing their names, they became very eager to see them. Being advanced by thinking of Krishna constantly, They were performing the greatest form of mystic meditation. All the wise then became very busily engaged in in filling up different pots with nice food. Due to the performance of the sacrifice, the various foods were all very palatable. After collecting a feast, they prepared to go to Krishna, their most beloved object, exactly like the river flows to the sea. So what happened? So Krishna got fed by the wives of the Brahmins and all of his friends were fed. And uh, the wives, they had left without the permission of their husbands. And they didn't want to go back, they wanted to stay with Krishna. But Krishna said, no, you have to go back. So what happened? They, They went home. And once they got there, what happened? The Brahmins, engaged in the performance of sacrifice, began to regret their sinful activities for refusing food to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. They could finally understand their mistake, engaged in the performance of rituals. They had neglected the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who had appeared just like an ordinary human being and asked for some food. They began to condemn themselves after seeing the faith and devotion of their wives. They regretted very much that although their wives were elevated to the platform of pure devotional service, they themselves could not understand even a little bit of how to love and offer transcendental loving service to the Supreme Soul. They began to talk amongst themselves to hell with our being born as Brahmins, to hell with our learning all the Vedic literatures, to hell with our performing great sacrifices and them serving all the rules and regulations, to hell with our family, to hell with our expert service in performing the rituals exactly according to the description of the scriptures, to hell with it all. For we have not developed transcendental loving service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who's beyond the speculation of the mind and the senses. So, we need to understand that our activities of devotional service are to develop and are chanting. It's to develop love, spontaneous love and devotion to the spiritual master, the personality of Godhead, the pure devotees, the Lord in so many different features. Otherwise, what have we done? There's different places where it says one can chant Hare Krishna for so many lifetimes, but if he's not really watering the seed of devotion and love, you know, then, then, then what is the use? We've kind of wasted wasted time. So in hearing the prayers and the writings of these great personalities, we're infected by their mood of devotion. We see the feeling with which these prayers and loving exchanges, and we become influenced by them. And in this way, our own little creeper of devotion starts to grow. And this is what we're looking for. Naturally, we want to serve the mission of the spiritual master. We've been given instructions to. And that's what Karl Pott, he came to America. He came on an instruction, a simple instruction given to him many years before, when he first met Bhakti Siddhanta. It wasn't after he got initiated and was doing service. He was given instruction, and Prabhupada took that so seriously that my instruction is to go to the West and preach in English. And he went in that direction at every stage of his life until it finally fructified. And he brought with him devotion and And the devotion of all these great souls, that's what he brought. And the rituals and the temples have followed, of course. but we don't want to perform devotional service simply for the activity of the devotional service. it's not That's not what we're doing here we're growing spiritually in our love and our devotion. It's amazing how one verse in the Bhagavatam, you can see how someone like Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati could speak on one verse of the Bhagavatam. Look at where he was coming from. He wasn't coming from the platform of a, a lowly materialistic minded conditioned soul. He was free and his knowledge was unlimited and his love was established and he could speak and change the heart of so many people by his speaking. A touchstone, these devotees are like the touchstones that we hear about. Just by coming in contact with them, that's what Prabhupada said. These books are so and so valuable simply by touching them one gains spiritual potency spiritual connection just a little advancement on this path saves one from the most dangerous type of fear taking birth again in these unlimited species of life who wants to go that way and these poor fools that are wandering in this Kali Yuga looking for a drop of happiness in the most deplorable ways. And the reactions are coming threefold. The diseases, the violence, the natural disasters are just beating them down so we get to give them the shelter the way out we're so fortunate
0: we've been given
1: a jewel the jewel of devotional service and a mission to share that with the world so this is our our new job <laughs> We're employed by Krishna and He's paying us nicely with wonderful loving exchanges and association and devotional service. We've become soldiers in the army of Lord Caitanya. Prabhupada was like a general. He was so powerful and so unafraid His name, Abhay Chiran, means fearless, fearless devotee of the Lord. Who would go to New York with nothing, no money, not knowing anyone, not having a place to stay with a mission like this? You have to be fearless. Whether he would die or live in this situation, he didn't care. He was going to do his service. Amazing. Kralpada was Amazing. And here we are under the shelter of his lotus feet. We could have a festival every day for the good fortune that we have. Okay. So we're going to go on. It is the ending, near the end, of the month of Dhammadar. And it's been such a wonderful journey through the childhood pastimes of Krishna. They're so sweet and so endearing. And we're told that we can make great advancement during this month. So I hope I have made some advancement during this month. Alright, so in the Srimad Bhagavatam a talk, actually a talk that Prabhupada gave on October 11th in, in 1974. He said, my dear Krishna, you soda took up a rope to bind you when you committed an offense, and your perturbed eyes over flooded with tears, which washed the mascara from your eyes. And then you were afraid, though fear personified is afraid of you. This sight is bewildering to me. That's the verse 1831. And Prabhupada says, so this is the description of Krishna becoming Damodar. Krishna's another name is Damodar. The Damodar temple, Radha Damodar temple, is there in Vrindavan and I was staying there. Still I have my two rooms. So this Damodar description, the Damodar month is coming and it will bring on the 18th of this October, or begins, sorry, on the 18th of October. So, from that day, we observe Dhammadharvata for one month, from the 18th to the 17th of November. The duty will be that in the evening, you'll offer candle, a small candle, all of you, just before the deity, not within the room, outside the room, and chant the Dhammadharastika, Nama Misvara. That is already printed in our book so this will be damodar vrata that damodar is explained here Srimanti kunti devi is also motherly so how krishna was afraid of his mother yasoda this is described here gopi by your mother yasoda the balavacharya made a book of krishna's various names and he came to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to request him to hear that how he has described Krishna's names. At this time Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, I know Krishna's two names. Sindar and oh, Shama Sindar beautiful Sham. Krishna. He is not Sham. Sham means blackish. But at the same time, he is most beautiful. Here in this material world, if someone is blackish, he cannot be called beautiful. But Krishna, although he is blackish, is Sundaram. Very, very beautiful. So, Sundaram. Mm -mm -mm. If If you keep aside one side millions of cupids still, Krishna will appear more beautiful. Just like we sing Nitai Padakamalam Koti Chandra Susalam Koti millions of moons together. They cannot be so beautiful and cool as the lotus feet of Lord Nichananda. These examples are given in the Shastras. They are not exaggerations but actual fact. And we have to take it in good faith. Then we'll make advancement in spiritual life. Otherwise, if we think these things are exaggerations, in the Shastras or by the devotees, then aparad, offense. So here it is said that Krigasi, what is that? Krigasi, so Krishna was was an offender before Mother Yasoda. The Mother Yasoda was taking care of the milk and Krishna wanted to suck her breast. So Mother was very busy. So when the milk overflowed, she immediately left Krishna and went to take care of the milk. Krishna became very angry. So he went to the butter stock and he broke the butter pot, spoiled it. And when Mother Yasoda saw that the child is breaking the butter pot, she immediately wanted to catch him. And Krishna fled. And then, after all, he was a small child and Mother Yasoda caught him and wanted to bind him with a rope. This is Krita Grasi. Then Gopa Abad Krita tam, Because you were offender, therefore, she wanted to bind you. Dhamma. Dhamma means rope. Tadvat. And that was your condition. And what was your condition at the time? The condition was crime. Lord Krishna out of fear for his mother. Now mother will bind me. So he was crying. And while crying the tears washed. What is called kajal mascara. So they were dropping. And he was fearful. Crying. And he was. His head down. Flapping. This condition. He felt like he was a culprit. That I have done wrong. by Bhavan. He was so much afraid that the mother would bind me. My freedom will be lost in this way when you, this way he was situated. So Kunti was re- remembering the scene and she became astonished. <laughs> I thought that was so cute. The way Srila Prabhupada describes him. When Prabhupada would describe things like that, he would make all these faces and his eyes would get big and he would dramatize the beautiful pastimes. Prabhupada was very sweet. Such a sweet, kind person. He wasn't like these ritualistic Brahmins that are very puffed up and he was just so sweet. But so knowledgeable and gave us such a such a mellow of devotion. Alright, so I think it's time to stop. So if anyone has any questions or comments, I hope you're still there.
0: <laughs> Hare Krishna Mataji Dandavat Pranam. Thank you so much. It was just a wonderful class. If anybody have any question and comment, please go ahead.
1: I am always hoping against hope that my my little ability will be pleasing to Krishna. That's this is where I get my um, hope from. These kind of pastimes and these kind of um, purports. <laughs> hope against hope. Making the best use of my bad bargain. <laughs>
3: Hare Krishna Mataji, pranam to you. Shira ki jai, Kuru ki jai. Thank you so much for the wonderful class and the uh, uh, you know, short and nice damodar Leela. So, Mataji, uh, uh, I know we are into the this five last five days of Bhishma Panchaka. Am I saying it right? Uh, you know better than me. <laughs> no, Mataji, I have stayed here for so many years, you know. I've been here since 2002, so I've lost Bay. <laughs> Based with the Indian, uh, you know, uh, what to do. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, staying here so many years, you know, and then not having even visited frequently India, one tends to, you know, memory anyway is short in the Kali Yuga. So, uh, you know, these last five days is so much emphasized. Even in our temple, they were saying that, you know, it's last five days of austerity, panchaka, like that. So can you explain a little bit what is the relevance of this uh, really? Because uh, uh, I, I'm thinking that even if I'm not doing much of the fasting and other uh, other devotees are doing, at least I should know nicely what it is all about. Yes, but the thing is, is
1: like we just read, it's not it's not so much about... I mean, we're giving up things. The idea of fasting isn't just to. Prabhupada never encouraged that in itself. If you're fasting to be able to do other devotional activities like hear more, read more, chant more, you know, something to develop devotion, that's what these are for. These austerities, it's not like we're going to go stand on one foot. And perform austerities. There's certain times. I mean, we know so little. The more we study the Bhagavatam, it's there's so much detail to the life that we're living, and especially in the West, they know absolutely nothing. I mean, really, the life is just a spot life, and it's just shallow. But there's so much to be learned. Every portion of the day has a different significance has a different influence on the body and the mind. Everything that we eat, um, the details of, like Krishna's talking in the Bhagavad Gita about food uh, that's cooked over three hours before is decomposing. You know, these are, these are not small things, but, but for us, it's like we overlook everything because we don't have that we're not in that consciousness we don't have that refined consciousness yet so these particular times when we hear like Prabhupada when he was talking about the Dhamma Dharastika, he just said take a candle he didn't say Wick." he said a candle we used to use birthday candles and to stand outside and just sing this prayer in the evening that was the extent of what Prabhupada gave us but now you know we know more and there's so much more and we've matured so during this time there's giwicks being made not not birthday candles and there's a whole setup, and now there's little I don't want to say deities because they're not murtis statues of Mother Yasoda and and baby Krishna and we come together and we sing these prayers and then we have We do it morning and evening, and people are um, trying to perform different austerities. But the austerities that we're supposed to perform are devotional activities. Not that we're going to fast just to fast, or we're going to stand on one leg, or we're going to, you know, stand on our head. Uh, The activities are to increase our preaching, to increase our service. So these times... I don't know a lot about this Bijma. Sorry, don't I don't even know how to say it. Um, I, this is something new. It's not something that we've done all these years. It's n- not something that we followed, but we know it's there. And along with this type of thing, it gives us more of an opportunity and more of a mindset to engage in an activity or renounce certain activities so we can have time to engage in activities of devotional service. That's the bottom line. So, I mean, to fast just for the sake of fasting, is isn't something, it wasn't Prabhupada's way of doing it. But to fast to find time to read more about uh, the life of different great souls or... The Lord Himself, that's what it's for. That's my
3: understanding. Uh, Thank you so much, Mataji. Yes, because, uh, uh, you know, like I I just sometimes wonder, like uh, some devotees do emphasize a lot on these last five days and they do different kind of fasting and, you know, so uh, I'm also not really aware. So I was just, uh, you know, wondering. Like, uh, also Mataji, like uh, our Damodar month, uh, it kind of ends on uh, the 20th. Is a uh, um, full moon day, Purnima, right? It's uh, so. Does it end on the 19th or 20th?
1: Well, here we're we're doing it on on Thursday because Varshana Maharaj is coming, and we're all going to celebrate the end of Dhammadar together and he's going to talk. And okay. if you don't have anything else to do at that time, let me look and see. If you don't have anything else to do at that time, definitely listening to Maharaj talk about um, Dhammadar and the past times is incredible. Maharaj is such a unique person. He's like an avatar, I have to say. He is always living in a place that's extremely simple. Extremely simple. For instance, there was a whole cabin built for him, a brand new cabin, and he will not live in it. He, you know, He's just an extreme, extremely renounced person. So, But his knowledge is incredible about um, Krishna's past times, the Lord Chaitanya's past He can go on for hours. He could probably talk all day. And it's done in, with such elegance. Okay, so the last day of Kartik, here it is, lecture by Varshana Maharaj. Thursday, November the eighteenth at five thirty PM in the temple room. Which means it'll be televised and, and five thirty is Eastern Standard Time. So if you have nothing to do at five thirty Eastern Standard Time, please go to MyPortTV T V and tune into Maharaj's talk. He he's someone who does not perform ritualistic ceremonies. But his knowledge and his connection with Krishna is so sweet and so deep that I mean he is our construction person. He runs the heavy equipment department. He's out in his overalls on heavy equipment and has always done that here. He built the lake here. He he excavated all the um, foundations for the buildings. You know he's not someone sitting behind a bell. Ringing at same mantras. But when it comes to devotional depth, he's someone who has that. So, anyway, um, yes, fasting and those kind of things. I mean, I would say, sure, if you're going to fast and you're going to save time from cooking, shopping, eating, and you're going to fast for that reason so you can read more or chant more or worship more, then sure, why not? But if you're just going to fast to fast with no consciousness behind it, then what's the the value of it? I mean, I'm I'm sure there's some value. But the idea of it is to increase our devotion. That's the idea of the, the, the Vaishnavas don't do, I mean, in Lord Chaitanya's pastimes, do you ever hear? He's standing on his head, he's fasting for 30 days. Sure, he didn't eat at certain times, but that was because of his devotional mood was so elevated. But what do you hear? You hear of them feasting and chanting in groups and traveling and chanting and preaching. That's, that's their austerity. That's my understanding of what our austerities
3: are. Okay. Thank you so much, Mataji. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for your association, your class, and uh, almost, you know, you uh, took us to Vrindavan only when you said I stayed in Vrindavan. So, you know, the way you shared the Damodar Leela, it felt as if, you know, your heart is there. <laughs> and you took us to, uh, to Vrindavan, Damodar, you know, uh, place uh, in Vrindavan. Thank you so much.
1: Okay, I have to go. Thank you so much, everyone, for your association. Hare Krishna, until we meet again.
3: Thank you, Mataji. Thank you,